Hey. Hello. <laughs> somber. Yeah, somber. Very thematic for this episode. I feel like this whole time we've been like, uh, dreading watching the episode, dreading recording the podcast because this episode is heavy, man. It's really sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm Emily. I'm Claire. And this is Emily and Claire. And that today is. we watch the second to last episode of Glee Season 2, episode 21, Funeral. Um, before we dive right in, I just wanted to say that this one's a tearjerker. Yeah. That's it. Um, so in this episode, Coach Sylvester tries to sabotage the New Directions trip to New York. The Glee Club performs songs at a funeral and Finn has bad news for Quinn. Not bad, eh? Yeah, so that, that does happen. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the episode kind of starts off like i feel like this episode half of it is a tearjerker the other half is just like rage inducing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rolling it starts off yeah it starts off with will introducing jesse st james as their new show choir like advisor Gross. basically he's gonna help them like win nationals and his first step is oh we need to do auditions for the musical numbers at nationals and i mean honestly kind of silly that they're they're like planning this all out right now when it's like a week before nationals it doesn't make any sense they always do the shit they're like okay gotta make our set list for regionals next week i'm like what doesn't make sense i mean i guess it's like to help the passage of time, you know? It's like more snappy. But real world, nah, fam. This does not hold up. Agreed. But yeah. Um, I think ugh, the thing that's like so annoying about this is not Jesse St. James, but like Finn's reaction to Jesse St. James. They're both like alpha males and then finn gets his feelings hurt when jesse says that he's bad at dancing which like come on finn we all know that you're bad at dancing yeah i'm like so tired of these people who have like always been at the top they take one hit and their entire world just falls apart they start lashing out going crazy like imagine if mercedes lashed out every single time she got snubbed she would never rest Mm -hmm. exactly yeah so they decide to hold auditions and Let's just talk about the audition. Like, let's let's talk about all the useless stuff first, so then we can get to the meat <laughs> okay. of the episode. So for auditions, Santana, Kurt, Mercedes, and Rachel sign up, and honestly, this is like auditions for the solo at nationals. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they were all really good. Yeah, they were auditions. <laughs> This is like, I wanted so bad to sit back and just enjoy all these incredible performances and then like kind of not think about the commentary. But John Groff came in too hot. Like, please. Like, he was having way too much fun being Jesse St. James. Like, he could have just sat in the character, kind of like thrown out some like annoying lines. But mm -mm. he had to put some power behind his performance. And it was like literally unbearable. He was Bro, he freaking so flamed them. 
most of the time i am so charmed by john groff characters i think he is a sexy man with a sexy voice but jesse st james makes me want to die i hate him and so that's much. the thing like because john groff is such a talent he really really makes jesse st james an abhorrent man is that what abhorrent a slimy means? grease ball it's like so frustrating to watch i'm like john just do a worse job please i just want to watch the performances <laughs> and it's like so funny because like usually jonathan groff i feel like he always plays like these kind of like Ooh, i'm just a little broadway man mm-hmm. type characters you know but dang jesse st james <laughs> he's like a broadway man but he's despicable he wears gross vests and gross scarves and he has gross hair and he's just disgusting it's actually really really funny whoever wrote like these little background points about jesse st james is they really did something like he went to college to major in show choir which is ridiculous and then he flunked out because he didn't think about any of his classes he took one course on like reality tv judging and so he's like you know what i'm gonna bring this back and like start my own consulting company goes way too hard in this thing he learned in one class like it's so it's like so caricature but so realistic like i understand jesse st james's motivations and they're stupid and they make no sense but i just understand whoever wrote these background plot points and put them all together in one character is maybe a comedic genius do you just call ryan murphy brad falchuk and ian brennan comedic geniuses i okay they have their moments (laughs) (laughs) oh my god but okay let's talk about their performances because i i feel like most of the time you know whenever they have these types of like audition based episodes there's always one that kind of falls a little flat but they were all really solid yeah or there's one that's like a clear winner quote unquote (laughs) winner and then like the others are just like whatever fine and then rachel gets it anyway (laughs) Mm -hmm. but in this one they all really brought it which is why like when rachel inevitably gets it at the end i'm kind of just like because it, it, her performance was really good, but I don't want to admit that it was really good, you know? Yeah. Um, it starts off with Santana, and Santana usually, I feel like she always kind of sings these kinds of songs, you mm-hmm. know? What's, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to describe it, because I don't know anything about music. They're like, um, kind of like sultry, and they have like the beat that's like, the double bass beat that's like, like maybe you'd hear it in a speakeasy. I don't know. Speakeasy? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's another Amy Winehouse song. So I think they're really riding the wave that was Valerie. And they're just like, That's just sing more of her songs. Honestly, Santana as Amy Winehouse, uh, chef's kiss. Like, I guess their voices are like pretty similar. Uh-huh. So the way that they just like sound smooth, but like raspy. I don't really know what I'm saying, but it fits yeah. so well. It kind of sounds like Amy Winehouse. Yeah. And I just really like these kinds of songs for Santana because her voice is kind of like already raspy so when she like makes it even more so I'm like dang that is nice (laughs) but the real star of these auditions were the band because (laughs) the guy who like plays the drums Claire was like wait a second he kind of looks like miles teller he really does and miles teller also drums right oh because of whiplash 
Oh, T. Okay, yeah, maybe he doesn't. Yeah, I don't know if he actually does play the drums, but look out for the drummer in the New Directions band. He kind of looks like Miles Teller. It's the drummer that looks like Miles Teller, and then the guitar guy who vaguely looks like Jason Earls, who plays. I think it's also like the hair. Hannah Montana's brother, Jackson. Yes. So I'm like, oh, hey, Miles. Hey, Jason. I think that, okay, so Santana's was really good, right? But here's the thing. With Kurt, I usually am not a big fan of his Broadway numbers because we've talked about this before where it's like, oh, just because he's a gay guy, he always like wants to sing the feminine solos and songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, it was pretty good. He put in a lot of character into his performance. He did a lot of like the shoulder shimmy, <laughs> and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a vibe. That's all I have yeah. to say. It, I will say that like while he was singing it, I was like, I can't imagine this being chosen as the solo for like the show choir nationals because do you remember? I think it was at what's after regionals but before nationals. Wait, is I think it you have it wrong. So it's sectionals, regionals, nationals. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So at regionals, like. Um, I was talking about how the Warblers, like when Kurt and Blaine sang that duet, I was like, this is not good. And then like, then the Warblers kind of go into their like pop and everyone like got really hype. And I'm like, see, if they knew their audience, they would only do the pop number and they wouldn't Mm -hmm. do this song, you know, like they can sing that elsewhere. So I think like if Kurt were to do that solo at the show choir nationals, I'd be like, oh, you don't know your audience, but it was great. Especially, like, what you said as far as his Broadway numbers go. Like, this one really got there. I actually, like, think that what you said about the band is really interesting because there were some numbers where I was like, oh, the band is just standing there, just playing their instruments. And then there were some where they were like, you could see how much they were enjoying playing that song. I think it was with Mercedes's for sure. And maybe with Santana's. I can't really remember. But I was like, oh, my God, the band is feeling it? Like, I'm feeling it. They were like you know, like, bopping along, and, like, their faces looked so happy. And I was like, wow, this makes me like the song even more. And it yeah, makes so me... that definitely was not an intellectual thought. I was just using that as a segue for the joke. Oh. Well, <laughs> it made me, like, when the band is bopping along, it makes me think, like, oh, this, this singer is, like, an artist, too, like, is a musician. Yes. You know, they like meld together. They know what's going on. The band and the singer are like communicating because they both understand like where they want to take it and like what's happening. They know how to enjoy it, stuff like that. So seeing the band like very clearly and visibly enjoying themselves made me like more partial to some singers over others in this whatever audition. That is a great point because I think, you know, when you like watch those YouTube vids, where it's like people doing like a jam session and they just really like click and they kind of like go hard and you can tell that they're like they're like wow this is kind of awesome um i think that's so enjoyable to watch and then there are instances like i'm thinking more of like broadway performances Mm -hmm. where it'll be like the pianist and the vocalist hit it off Mm -hmm. and it just becomes spectacular when like when it complements each other you know it's kind of like a duet because it's like yeah, musicians, yeah. the vocalist. Totally. I digress. I finally figured out what I wanted to say about Kurt's performance. And I think that um, part of performing, you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, Idina Menzel's character. Shelby Corcoran. Yeah. So when Shelby was on Glee, 
she was on the Gaga episode and she talked about like theatricality. Ugh. And I think that's what it is. Iconic scene. Yeah. I feel like Kurt in that moment really harnessed the Broadway power Mm. and he really brought it and I felt it. Yeah. I'm literally getting chills. I think that scene for my Dana Mansell is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, guys, theatricality is not just about being like the biggest and like the boldest and the most like shocking. Like, let me show you. And she fucking pops off. And then what you're saying right now is just really hitting the nail on the head for me. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So thank you, Kurt, for that very um incredible entertaining work. performance. Yeah. I feel like obviously I don't know about nationals, but it's good. It's good. Now, the real cream of the crop. Seriously blew me away. It was shocking. Miss Mercedes Jones. Miss Mercedes Jones! Jones. Played by Miss Amber Riley. Can't (laughs) ignore that. She was incredible. My God. I really felt like I was watching... Like, something next level. Like, if I were somehow casting people for a musical or a movie or whatever it is, I would be like, this girl is a star. Or I would be like, I'm watching magic happen on this stage. Like, that's the sort of thing that I imagine, like, when someone's in the casting room and they're like, yeah, I got it immediately. And then they're like, we knew it. You were perfect for this part. Like, Pam from The Office, apparently like Jenna Fisher, they were like, that's Pam. It has to be her. Like, I, I feel there must be some sort of magic that was happening on that stage. Like, everything was just coming together beautifully. Yeah, so I 100% agree. Usually, I don't really, like, I feel like when I watch those scenes, not a lot of times does it click for me, like, oh, this person has got the sauce. Because I'm thinking more of, like, in Smash, when Karen auditions, they're like, oh, this gal she's got something but i'm just like what mm. really but you have megan hilty like what yes but Ugh. in this moment again going back to theatricality and also i guess interacting with the band i feel like mercedes is really good at like mm-hmm. like i don't know what the i don't even know if this is like a technical term but like engaging with the people there I, I feel like a big Broadway thing is that like, oh, you, you're in character, you know, even when it's like a soliloquy moment, you're not like, you know, you're still there by yourself, I guess. So like a lot of times when Rachel sings, it doesn't feel like, like she's aware of the audience. It kind of feels like she's just like speaking to a void. And yeah. I guess that's like a Broadway thing. But with like Mercedes, it's clear that it's like she's having fun. She wants the audience to have fun. So that's mm-hmm. why she's really good at like engaging with the band. And like, anyways, yeah. that's how I feel about Mercedes' oh, solo. It's like so, so incredible. Like, I agree. I think that's a great way to put it. I think you, again, have hit the nail on the head, ma'am. Peace. It makes me think of like once I was watching... I think it might have been America's Got Talent with my parents. And there was this like little girl who was singing and she, oh, it was a girl from America's Got Talent. I think her name is Dion and like her sister's name is Celine or something. I don't really know, but like this little girl. Celine Dion. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Who's like this big singing talent. And then she was on a show, a, a Japanese show that my family was watching or something, right? And she was singing a song in Japanese 
um, but she doesn't speak Japanese. And so she asked someone like, oh, what do the lyrics mean? And my mom was like, oh, like, that's how you know. Like, that's why she's so good. Or like, that's part of it because she wants to understand the meaning of the lyrics because she can't do her full performance if she doesn't know what the lyrics mean. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like Mercedes similarly, like, wouldn't be able to do her job like she'd be like oh i need to do my job so i need to know what the lyrics mean because she puts that in there for us yeah that's why jesse's like commentary to her makes the least sense like with kurt he was like oh you know that song sung by a woman yeah and then with santana i don't remember what he says but it's like bogus you know but like Mm -hmm. with mercedes it just like doesn't make sense to me because he's like (laughs) Like he's literally just wrong yeah he's like oh how many times did you practice that song and she's like well I, I don't, like, really, like, practice it. I just, like, feel the emotions of the song and, like, in the moment, and I channel that into the song. And in my mm. in my brain, I'm like, isn't that what Rachel Berry also does? Like, mm. I don't see her practicing. Um, it's very much, like, an in-the-moment thing, right? So mm. for Jesse to say that, I'm like, I mean, I understand the importance of practice, but watching that performance, how can you say that? Like, oh, it needs a little bit of tweaking here and there. Yeah, like definitely like saying i never practice i'm like well you want to win nationals maybe you should practice but there's definitely a fear of like if you keep practicing it and keep practicing it and keep practicing it like it'll just be devoid of uh, Mm -hmm. originality or something yeah yeah or like i feel like it becomes too much of like a rehearsed thing instead of like but also practice can bring out all these things like oh i really want to make this part stand out emotionally or like i really want to like you can like plan out and think about like specific ways to take abstract emotions and then like make them concrete features of like your performance but anyway i also digress um rachel's performance it's it's so ah like the part that makes it infuriating is that she's like oh i'm gonna sing my man which very emotionally charged song and then jesse's like rachel is there anyone who you're singing this song to in particularly <laughs> on her face she's like oh shit like obviously dog. finn Fuck that yeah guy. but she's like she's like um no and he's like oh okay <laughs> and then the second she starts singing it's like a montage of finn hudson and i'm like fuck this hey. shit i don't want to see that <laughs> dude not only does she say that shit but she's also like um i'm gonna sing this which is the hardest song i've ever sung i'm like okay fuck you <laughs> I hate her. I think she's so annoying. She's stupid. Um, but god damn it, she is talented. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, hate that. Because you know how we're constantly saying, like, she does not have the range, but you know who does? Like, Mercedes, Santana, like, etc. Yes. I hate that, like, she's perfectly in her niche right here. Like, she didn't do anything new. We know she loves Barbara. And then she's like, let me sing this. Barbara song and it's like really really good which is to be expected because she loves Barbara and that's totally her niche and then it's kind of like damn like she really might have shown up Santana for example or like Kurt I'm like damn but like uh, okay this point is just gonna die in the air I just don't like Rachel (laughs) yeah that's so that's why it's so hard for me because like after Rachel finishes her performance Kurt is like oh she may be annoying but dang she really has like a good voice and i feel like i understand that statement but i don't want to admit it out loud yeah and also like mercedes is super nice and she has a great voice so i don't know what that's that's another thing like i don't necessarily think that rachel 
like yeah this was a really good rachel berry solo but it wasn't necessarily better than mercedes better yeah. than santana maybe it was better than kurtz but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but then it's like a little ambiguous like, it's a little conflated with jesse being super biased toward rachel oh yeah because like if they let it be so obvious that everyone put on a great performance and then jesse was like the stupid reason why like rachel won i'd be like okay yeah fuck that guy this makes sense but it's like not only is jesse biased toward her but also like uh classic rachel she brought the house down we can always count on her she should get every solo i'm like uh no Mm -hmm. um and the solo that she sings like also what was bad about it was her face like not to shit on leah michelle even though she kind of sucks as a human being but like girl you need to you need to look prettier when you cry or something because that was not great that's such a like someone who's on her side would take that argument and rip it to shreds dude like it's more you i don't care it's more (laughs) just like looking ugly i'm like do you know how to act for camera you know you're on tv right now right oh like she's doing too much and like yeah her her sadness it's like it doesn't even really look sad like she's just doing a bad job and also she looks gross so i don't want to look at her it just feels like so gratuitous like when she cries i don't feel it like i feel like she's crying for the sake of getting us to like feel her emotions yeah and i'm like do you feel sad like i understand moments where given the circumstances you know it's like you can't hold the emotion in Mm -hmm. for example um there was this bootleg of beetlejuice Mm -hmm. where sophia ann caruso i think Mm -hmm. that's her name like she apparently got some like really devastating news right before she had to like go on and sing and it's like you can like feel the pain in her voice and i think she even like breaks off in the middle of it there's also another example where it's like catherine mcphee it was the last show for waitress before Mm -hmm. it like closed Mm -hmm. and when she sings she used to be mine you can see her like crying Mm -hmm. and it's like in those instances i i don't i'm not gonna like fault them for crying because like you know i know i know the context with rachel i'm like bitch what are you crying about the fact that you cheated on your boyfriend and you're sad that he (laughs) won't accept your apology like oh my god got him anyways fuck rachel berry yeah fuck that mad that she won it was rigged it was indeed rigged like literally yeah mr will schuster like you couldn't do anything in that moment you just sat there and let it all unfold he's so so useless like jesse's doing stuff and he's like um jesse are you sure that's the best idea i'm like you're the teacher yeah (laughs) and it's like he brings jesse in who comes in with like the vocal adrenaline ideology of basically like torture these students right and will's Mm -hmm. like oh wait that's not what we're about does nothing he's like "Mm." and then jesse obviously is like stomp 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 all over him because will is a beta and jesse is an alpha disgusting but true so true what's even worse is that like at the end of the episode he completely disregards the competition so that they can write their original songs which if anything out of all the advice that Jesse gave them, I think he was right about original songs. Yeah. Don't do it. God, so Will bad. is so stupid. That, can you imagine? Like, you have four people ready to put on an amazing solo. And instead, he's like, 
nope, the only way that we can all like be equal in this situation is if nobody shines. So Again, everyone bogus. pick up your fucking rhyming dictionaries. I'm like, not the rhyming dictionaries, please. It's so annoying. And like, you know, bitch, they don't even win. They don't even place at nationals. Ugh. I didn't know that. That's kind of funny. <laughs> next week, I guess. Seems right. Yeah, so that happens. And yeah, then actually, I, I now... dropped it kind of quickly, but I want to say, or I want to linger on this feeling of like, why does he think that the only way that everyone can be equal is that nobody can shine? That's the, such uh... a misguided thought. Like, just let more people have the spotlight. Exactly what you yeah. did that one time. Yeah. Sectionals? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I think that, like, um, okay, if I really had to dissect his reasoning behind it, it's more so that, like, when he starts handing out solos, people become too self-obsessed, and there's, like, fighting, like, well, actually, you know, that's also bogus, because, like, when he gives the um, duet to Sam and Quinn, the only person who gives a shit is, like, Rachel. Like, sure, Mercedes might have been like, hey can i get a solo but it's like rachel who puts the duct tape over her mouth and is like uh, clearly my talents aren't being appreciated so i'm like mr shu i think this is an issue about like rachel barry's sore loser mentality you know yes. like what because rachel's gonna be a sore loser he has to bring everybody else down and then do nothing to rachel and just keep letting her out the spotlight it's so terrible because like dude rachel gets a solo literally every week every competition Whereas Mercedes and Tina and Kurt never get a solo. Anyway, we're going to tire ourselves out running in circles. Shall we move on? (laughs) So, what happens is that this is the meat of the episode. This is why the episode is named Funeral. And the way it's introduced, I was kind of like, this is not fun because i guess coach sue sylvester kicked becky's off the cheerios because she has down syndrome and her sister who died also has down syndrome and i mean i get that you're going through it right now but like that Mm -mm. seems like becky didn't have anything to do with it Mm -hmm. Uh, and then becky goes to will and is like can i join new directions and even though even though it's always good to have extra members because what if someone breaks their leg? <laughs> They're out of commission and you're one member down and you can't compete in nationals. Yeah. But Will's just like, oh, we're a week away from nationals. Like, we can't, we can't have you. That, like, there's no harm in being like, you know, we're a week away from nationals. Like, it's too soon for you to learn the numbers. But if you want to come to practice and hang out with us, like, you can, like, join in when you can. We'd love to have you. But just know that you can't perform at nationals with us. That would be fine. No, but here's the thing. That's also bullshit. Because literally, what are they doing this week? I know. Preparing for nationals. They don't know shit. <laughs> they don't know shit. But it's I, not like I, she's I, missing out on anything. In the real world where they've been preparing for nationals for weeks... That's like fine. She doesn't have to be integrated immediately and perform at nationals with them. She just wants someone to hang out with. He knows that the reason she's asking that is because she feels left out. And so instead mm-hmm. of like doing the most he can to make her feel at least a little included, he's like, sorry. And then she walks away being like, I hate this school. 
I'm like, Will, you're a bad teacher. Yeah. And then he, like, takes it out on Sue. And I don't know. Like, couldn't he have... Okay, because here's the thing, right? He goes in and he calls Sue a monster. And it's because it's like, oh, like, how dare you deny this disabled person like her spot in the cheerios and like isn't that what she, mr she also just did yeah he like was like no you can't be on our team and Indeed. i guess his reasoning is supposed to be a little bit more like you know mm-hmm. sound but still it's like it i feel like the way that they're treating becky in this instant is like she's not like a person she's just Mm -hmm. like an object with like special meaning attached to it Mm -hmm. and it makes me upset because like i guess in this moment we're supposed to be like yeah will's right like sue you're such a monster for doing Mm -hmm. this and then we find out the reasoning and we change our tune but it's just like really annoying because i don't think either of them are in the right in this situation even knowing the reasoning i'm like sue come on that's not good oh yeah but that's why i'm saying it's like I don't think either of them are in the right necessarily, yeah. but I don't know why the show is like, oh, Will, he like, he really couldn't, his hands were tied. It's like, can you imagine that Will forces that information out of Sue? Like she feels, lounge. yeah, she like feels the need to tell him a very personal thing because he's like ripping her to shreds when he could have yeah. freaking, I don't know, done something else about it too. Just saying. Yeah. Both of them, mm-mm, I don't know about that. He, like, tries to take her hand, and she's just like, no. <laughs> yeah. That's the Gross. thing. There's, like, this big topic where it's like, oh, like, what is grief? And, like, what's the right way to express grief? Mm-hmm. And I feel like people really kind of, like, act suspicious if you're not, like, crying, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But it's like, you know, this is a professional setting. Sue mm-hmm. is not about to just break down in front of her students. Also, so I'm she got sorry. her tear ducts removed because she wasn't using them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, Kurt, Will, and Finn, if Sue is trying to, you know, put on her professional mask at work. Like, yeah. we don't know. Yep. Yeah, I think a lot of this episode I spend being frustrated with the people around Sue because, like, when she kind of lashes out at Finn and Kurt, and Finn's like, hey, we were just trying to help. I'm like, it's fine. Like, I understand she's not treating you well and you have every right to be mad. But to be like, hey, what is this? We're just trying to help you, so blah, blah, blah. I'm like, she knows you're trying to help her. Like, you know what this is. Don't act so incredulous and superior that she can't hold herself together in this moment when something devastating has happened to her. Like, I don't know. That's it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, I feel like Jane Lynch puts on a very Academy Award like worthy performance in this episode. Because mm. <laughs> like even in those scenes with Finn and Kurt, you can like tell that Sue is on like the brink of breaking down. Like she's like mm. trying to hold it together, you know. Jane Lynch always masterclass. How like everything she does on this show, like do you remember that um episode where like they go to the hospital and like you saw Jane come out and then like right before that there was Sue, you know, yes. we like talked about that. She's yeah. incredible. Or like when she's delivering these whack, whack, whack dialogue, like pieces of dialogue, 
how does she just make me believe that that's something she would actually say as Sue Sylvester? I don't and know. This too, like, I won't say I was as blown away as I have been with Jane Lynch before, but she did do a really great job. I agree. I specifically think that, like, like I don't even know. There are so many scenes where just, like, looking at her facial expressions, I feel like she's, like, fighting back emotion, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, even when she, like, does her, like, quippy little dialogue with Will, mm-hmm. you can tell that she's, like, not totally there. Mm-hmm. It's, maybe I'm just making this shit up, but I like to believe it was a conscious choice. She totally could. Yes. Yeah. Um, so when they're at the nursery home and they're going through her <laughs> the nursing home, nursing home. What did I say? Nursery home. Oh, ha ha ha. When they're at the nursing home, Kurt and Finn are like, hey, we divided all this stuff. So it's really easy for you to go through. Sue is being prickly and is like, throw away everything except for this stuffed animal and mm-hmm. grr. And they're like, why are you being like this? Like, why did you agree to let us, like, help you prepare for the funeral if you're not going to, like, you're being so rude and stuff? And then we find out that Sue is like, well, it's because I thought that no one would come to her funeral. Mm -hmm. And at least with the Glee Club there, she would have a full house. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then the day of the funeral, you find out that Jean had lots of friends. And this is where I started to get a little teary-eyed yeah. because when they walk into that funeral and they see it's like a full, full house mm-hmm. and it's also decorated to look like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because mm-hmm. that was Jean's favorite movie. God damn it. A tear, single tear rolled mm-hmm. down my cheek. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then, um, I don't know how I feel about this scene. Like, Sue steps up to say a few words about her sister, but mm-hmm. this is when the emotion really overcomes her. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Will steps up to read it, and I was like, mm-hmm. God. Because <laughs> I just know that when he's going up there, he's like, let me read it. Like, I know that there's a part of Will Schuster that's like, I'm such a kind friend. And, you know, sometimes Sue is a monster, but she's still my friend. I'm like, I don't need that. I just need you to be a normal man. Let Sue have her moment and just like be her voice for a sec when she can't use it and then just disappear. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know that it's you reading it. I'm going to be imagining Sue's voice while you're reading it. Just know that. Yeah. I do wish that they had, like, Kurt and Finn be like, we'll read it. Because, mm. like, I don't know. That would seem more correct. Like, they've been through loss. They know what it feels sure. like. Uh, but yeah, yeah I mainly agree with what you said about, like, Will Schuster being like, I'm going to read it. That's like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm about to make this comparison. Feel free to edit this out at whoever. But like, you know, in Sound of Music, when the captain is up on stage and he's singing Edelweiss right before they're about to run away, and he's like, Edelweiss. And then he can't finish it. And then Maria steps in, and then the whole crowd starts singing with them. And they're like, We love Austria, basically, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm like, Oh, of course Maria would step in. Like, 
he's struggling so much in that moment and she she's like you know what i love this man like we're partners i got you but then like when it's like i could see that being the case with like sue is struggling so much and finn and kurt are like oh like we're here for you we did this thing for you we'll help you see it through but then thinking about will like at the ready to like swoop in at the first moment that sue feels like she can't do it and being like i'll read it for you i'm like gross especially because like so much of this episode is him like pushing his like feelings onto her and her just being like let me be like i don't need this you know yeah that's why like i kind of wish that so later in the scene um the glee kids stand up and they start singing um is i think it's like pure imagination Mm -hmm. from willy wonka and the chocolate factory and then like we see sue reach out for will's hand because she's like ready to be vulnerable you know Mm -hmm. but i i don't know like i wish they had put that in like before he read the eulogy for her because now Mm -hmm. it just seems like she's doing that because like he did that for her and she's like oh shit like now you know you know so true so true so true again maybe reading too much into it but that's just how i feel no man that's fine um pure imagination i think was like really nice i like cried i cried so much oh my god it really really feels like it was about sue and jean like the motivations behind it felt like pure and kind and like they weren't trying to go crazy like, hey, we sing. We're from the high school that's where it's at. Like something, something. Like, you know, like they were like, you know what? Like, this is a song for Jean and Sue and we just happened to sing. So wouldn't we be a great vehicle for you all to hear this song? And I'm like, yes. And it was very enjoyable. There was a moment where I was like, Tina sounds great. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad that we didn't have to hear Rachel Berry sing this song because she totally yeah. would have made it about her. Yep. And then the worst scene to ever come out of this show happen post-funeral everyone's leaving and finn and quinn are sitting in the front of finn's truck i don't even remember how it starts it's so disgusting quinn like gets into the car and she's like oh sorry there's a long line at the ladies bathroom everyone's like fixing their mascara and then she's like, you did a really great job, like, with the funeral. And then she's like, why are you crying? Because Finn is crying. And Finn is like, because I'm breaking up with you. I'm like, what? Okay. If you Quinn say so. is like, is this about Rachel? And then she's like, oh, are you still in love with her? And Finn is like crying. And she's like, well... It, it's fine like we'll just power through it we'll work out your feelings for rachel and then next year we can be prom queen and he's like just stop stop like i don't want that life and then he's like why are you so cold like why do you never feel anything and then she turns and there's one tear and she's like is this what you wanted am i feeling enough for you and he's like oh quinn I- I- i'm sorry i still and she's like don't touch me and then she gets out of the car and she leaves and then finn just like even though he just had this terrible moment he looks up sees rachel coming out of the funeral home and she's and he, like, smiling by the way which, yeah you know. and he's just like uh right decision like there's a big portion of this scene that i'm like okay you guys are kind of annoying and then it takes a turn where i'm like 
wait, what? And then it ends. What's the wait what? She's like, is this what you want? I'm like, what are you refer- What am I looking for? Huh? Because she's crying. Okay. <laughs> Not impressed. <laughs> Don't really get it. I mean, that part... Oh, whoa, puberty. Um, so that part, I really understand because... You know, I feel like Quinn is sort of similar to Sue in that they don't really, like, say what's on their mind. They hold all the cards. And so in that moment where he, like, says that and then she, like, lets the tear escape, it's like, whoa, breaking down the I didn't even the see walls. the tear. She's like, is this what you want? I'm like, what? You look normal. I don't understand what you want, what you're pointing to. I, I thought she that part had shed was a tear. obvious. The part that I'm more confused about is, like, one, why now, Finn? Because, like, okay, Finn was, like, you know, when Sue was talking about in her eulogy that, like, you feel that emotional tether to someone? I don't feel that with you. And I was, like, what the fuck? so corny. And then I cannot believe that Quinn's first response is, and you feel it with Rachel. Oh, yeah, that's messed up. Damn, you're always thinking about her? (laughs) She lives rent-free. Yeah. But then also it's so weird because like Finn says that he thought that he could fix everything from last year if they like started dating again. And like that's why he like wanted to date her again. And I was like, that's why? I thought it was because you genuinely were like, oh, I'm into Quinn. But instead it's like, oh, I just want what we had last year, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't, I don't get it. And then, like, also, the camera was super close to their faces in both of these, like... Yeah. Yeah. The direction was wacko. It was uncomfortable. It was... Oh, God. And then, like, when he sees that she's crying, he's like, Oh, Quinn, I take it back. I still love you. And I'm like, don't lie. Yeah. He's so <laughs> stupid. Okay, yeah, I really don't have anything more to say about this. Just stupid. That's why it's the worst breakup scene in the entire show. It's pretty amazing, your strong feelings toward it. It's a terrible scene. It's... (laughs) Because, like, they have a lot of fucking weird breakups. Like, when Artie and Brittany, like, I guess broke up, I'm like, oh. Hmm? Yeah, but dude, Um, he breaks up with her after a funeral. Yeah. Sir? Anyways. Good. And then he there's this like stupid fucking scene at the end of the episode where like Jesse's like, Rachel, I want to talk to you. And then he's like, let's be a couple. And they kiss and it zooms out. And there's there's Finn just like holding, holding a tulip. One wilted flower. <laughs> yeah, it's like a terrible tulip. And then he looks so sad and crushed. And I'm like, fuck, I hate you guys. Okay, when Jesse and Rachel were having that conversation, first of all, I don't even remember what they talked about, but I remember thinking, like, I don't know why, but it just seems really possible to me that, like, it's going to be like, is this the moment that we get back together? But then last minute something they realize, like, actually, you're fucking stupid. Like, I don't like you. But then they just kissed, and I was like, oh, God. That's I mean, how Rachel go. does look a little, like, reserved. Right? I don't know. I don't even know if they get back to they just like kiss. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, is it gonna blow up at nationals? Don't tell me. I want to see next week. Okay. <laughs>
Oh, I think there's such an equal chance. 50-50. One, it blows up. Everything goes to shit. Shit hits the fan. Bad times. Two, it disappears. We never hear about it ever again. Didn't even know that it happened. I won't, I won't say anything. But yeah, don't say anything. Yeah. Don't have too high expectations, though. <laughs> Anyways, that's a great segue to end this episode of Glee and this episode of the podcast because literally that's like how the episode ends and it's so infuriating. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess now we can talk about like best song, worst song. It's just kind of hard. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a song that felt actively bad. I mean, well, was there anything besides like pure imagination and then the auditions? I think it's just those. Okay, well, I think best song is the song that Mercedes sings. Like, I could not contain myself at that performance. It was actually incredible. It was so good. All the things that we mentioned that I really am tempted to say all over again, but I'm not going to do that. But just know that that's freaking top tier for me, like 25 out of 10. Seriously. Um, I guess I would have to say worst song is Kurtz, which is like, literally so sad because he did a great job he again brought that theatricality yeah so i think best song mm, yeah i think mercedes was really good i also wouldn't feel bad about saying my man i think that's like a really good rachel solo Mm -hmm. so i guess it's either one like those two um for worst song i'm gonna have to go with santana Mm -hmm. because I don't know. I just really liked Kurt's performance. Mm-hmm. Again, we already talked about it. <laughs> I'm not going to say anymore. Um, but definitely, like, that, those decisions were kind of hard for me. But for MVP, I feel like I'm going to have to say I really liked Sue in this episode. Just because she was kind of going through it and Jane Lynch had a good acting performance. Yeah. I really have to think about who my MVP is because there was something about Sue in this episode that was like slightly unsatisfying to me. And I think it's because they, they, uh, what they wrote, I guess, is not precisely how I imagined she would react in this situation. And I'm not going to lie. It felt a little like plot convenient, like sort of the used Sue as this like emotional pawn or the used Sue's vulnerability as an emotional pawn to further the conflict between Jesse and Finn. And so like when she would kind of like rush into these lines, like, Oh, because I thought nobody would come. And I was like, Oh shit. Like that's a pretty big reveal. And it's sort of just, like, written in there because it's like, oh, okay, well, we just got to get this idea across. And like, uh. So then there were some parts where I was like, is this Sue? But, you know, a big devastating event can really do that to someone. So I don't know what I'm on about. But I guess my MVP... would probably be Mercedes. That number? I can't yeah. stop thinking about it. It was very so good. good. It was great. Yeah, I mean, there are some things that we kind of like glossed over because I think it's stupid and I'm choosing not to remember it. Like, Sue was like, oh, well, I'm just not going to go after the Glee Club anymore. I was like, I don't care. I never know why you're going after the Glee Club in the first place. It's fine. Yeah. And then there's like that scene where she gets 
Becky back on the Cheerios and I was just like okay like this yeah. is fine the one like caution I would have to give about that scene is like it's like uh and then Sue opened up the Grinch's heart grew three sizes bigger but I'm like <laughs> her going back to fix like a shitty thing that she did is like mm-hmm. net neutral actually maybe even net negative so like let's not celebrate Sue in this moment okay yeah, just glossing over it because I don't care. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's like how this episode ended, and like, ugh, so conflicted over this episode because of like the tonal whiplash. Like, yeah. One scene we hear a killer solo by Mercedes, and then it's like Sue being vulnerable, and I'm like, whoa. Oh, oh! I have more to say about the scene with Becky when she's like, Becky, give me a hug. I was like, ooh, I feel kind of weird. Like using. Like- Fine. Using Becky as like a stand-in, I'm like, this better be a one-time thing. If it's not, I'm gonna have a problem. But if it is, like, okay, do what you gotta do. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Anyways, that's the end of the podcast. Next week is the last episode of Glee. So excited. Peace. Bye. Bye.